Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Favorite Friendship. I'm Mark Musinski. And I'm Brian Wool. And we are best friends, and this is a podcast about friends. My Favorite Friendship is a true friendship podcast, so think like a true crime podcast, but instead of telling each other the stories of real-life murders, we're telling each other the stories of real-life friends. The best, most interesting, most surprising friendships that we can find from the past and present in the hopes that we can become better friends in the future. And not only is My Favorite Friendship a podcast by friends, about friends, it's also a podcast for friends, and we can always use more friends. So, if you have a second, please share us with some of the people that you care about in your life. Uh, one of the best ways to do that is look through our back catalog and find a relationship that reminds you of someone in your life. So, say, for example, you're like, hey, you remind me of, uh, you know, the friendship between, uh, oh, man, I really, I I feel like all my common ones that I go to, I feel like I've used lately, and I want to be more unique. Like, you, you remind me of the friendship between Pink and Carrie Kenny Silver, in that it, I was so nervous to talk to you that I needed uh, my significant other to introduce me. Uh, Or, you remind me of the friendship between Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell in that uh, we both did a baseball movie together. <laughs> you know, a League of Their Own, is they're coming out with a series of it soon on Amazon. I saw. I'm excited. Yeah, I, it's such a good movie. And I, you know, I think it's, it's ready for a series reboot. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, telling the stories of the real women that were there. I'm sure there's even more stuff they could get into that were deeper and, and really, really fun. I think... Uh, Abby uh, from from uh, uh, what do you call it? Broad City. She's in it. Oh, she'd be great in that. Yeah, Abby Jacobson. Yeah. Who's in another friend? Well, my favorite friendship episode. Abby and Alana. That's true. So, uh, just like many of those friends do for each other, and probably all the women in League of Their Own did. Uh, we like to start every episode by checking in, because that's what friends do. So, Brian, how are you doing? How was your week in friendship? Oh, I'm doing great, Mark. I had an amazing week in friendship. Been, uh, We just closed Wizard of Friendship, Lou Berger's uh, comedy special, their, their uh, jukebox musical, and that was, that was so <laughs> amazing. It was so exciting to have friends come and, and see this show, which is all about friendship, actually. So it very much fits with us. Uh, the The plot of the show for our listeners the, the, that don't know is uh, that Lou Berger's friendship has, has broken and the Wizard of Friendship uh, sends them to the land of No Friendia where they must learn how to overcome the qualities of their personalities that make them unworthy of friendship or just a bad friend, however you want to call it. Uh, yeah, it, it was really great. It, one thing that it uh, it reminded me of is, you know, uh, Huey goes through this great arc where he has to realize that his friendship with the guys isn't about impressing them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I whenever I'm doing a show, you know, I want to make sure that I impress my friends. But I have to keep in mind, that's not why we're friends. We're friends because we love each other and we enjoy spending time together. Not because I'm super talented or great at, you know, whatever. You know? (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> but all those things can be true. You're still super talented and great at stuff. But well, thanks. That's not that's not the only reason that you're friends. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was such a great show. And so putting putting on a show with friends always awesome. And then also being able to show my friends, you know, things that I can do because I, you know, I haven't really done a, a theatrical production since we did Stranger Things the musical. That was really the last thing I did that was like that. I've, otherwise, I've just been doing stand-up. And so mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my friends that I've made in the last four or five years have never really seen me in a play or a musical or, you know, playing a character or anything like that. They've never seen that. And yeah. so that was kind of cool to show my friends that I can do that stuff or sing and dance, all those things. Yeah. Well, congratulations on a great run. Oh, uh, I love the re- the dress rehearsal that I saw was was incredible, and I'm very excited to see the final video product or whatever there is, or if you do more shows. Who knows, man? I'm I'm not that busy, so whatever. I'm open. <laughs> How about you? Um, I let's see. Oh, I one of my favorite things that I got to do was a wedding for. Uh, a group well it was a a woman who i used to work with and her and some of the other people i've stayed in touch with and stayed fairly close with over the years Um, but this wedding was such a cool opportunity to see this much larger group of people that i used to work with more closely when i was at nbc and so it was amazing to see all of them and plus they did a really fun and unique kind of wedding where they got married uh, on saturday with a smaller group And then they had a big rehearsal, or sorry, not rehearsal, reception, brunch on Sunday. And one of the things they love is getting brunch and watching a movie. And so that's what they did with all of their wedding guests. They sort of let you in on a part of their relationship. And so we all together watched Ocean's Eleven, and then we had a really delicious brunch. And all the parts of it were a blast. That's awesome. So it was really cool to see these folks that I haven't gotten to hang out with in person, especially over the last couple of years, uh, you know, with COVID. But even before then, just because everyone's very busy, uh, it, it was wonderful to see all of them again. So that was a great sort of summer wedding season surprise that, uh, that you don't always get. Now, you, all, you also had an experience this week with our friends that I, I was curious about. I would have asked you uh, before the show, but I figured we'll try it here and see see what happens. You yeah, you yeah. and Robin uh, announced to all of our friends that you were expecting. Yes, that is true. Uh, so and it's what, been what was that so... like to hear from to tell people and and hear from them? What's what's all well, that it was like? Really interesting <laughs> because most of the people that we see on a regular basis, we had already well either they they knew because it was very obvious from looking at Robin or we had told them at some point along the way and uh, and so this was sort of a, obviously a more public announcement but it, it was it was kind of nice for it to be out there in the open and have people you know there are lots of folks that uh, that we don't see every day that it was nice to hear from and it was kind of a good excuse you know, other, when people would comment or like or, or reply or message us or whatever, it's kind of a good excuse to be like, thank you so much. Like, what have you been up to? And so I have a lot of, of 
threads now that I probably <laughs> need to reply to that are uh, like cool updates from people that I don't get to see as often. <laughs> and so it was nice to share that. And the other thing that's nice about it is as the pregnancy and preparation have gone on, it, there's obviously a lot to do. I, I was describing our apartment this weekend as the poor people part of the Titanic, except that the water is Amazon boxes. <laughs> uh, and so, so it's, it's also kind of a relief to be able to be honest about why I'm busy, why I can't do things, um, why we're being a little bit safer about COVID protocols. Uh, it's sort of nice to not have to um, conceal a little bit of the truth from people that we that we like and don't want to have to do that to. Wow. And that, that's exciting stuff. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. And I'm also, yeah, like what a what a wild thing for for uh to share with your friends. Hey. We're going to have kids. Yeah, it's been it's been cool. And it's nice to, I don't know, it's just nice to be open about it finally and obviously we're both very excited to have a new friend who's uh, (laughs) very very small yeah it's also been a great way to connect like other parents folks that we know that are parents it's been nice to ask them for advice because it's a thing that everyone has a lot of thoughts about and it's a cool way to connect with people because that's an experience I've never had and, and not needed advice about, at least not urgently. So yeah, I'm, that in, has also I'm interested been a cool way. to hear, uh, you know, how, how parent friendships go and, you know, what, what do you share? What do you not share? How does it, you know, all those things. Yeah. I'm so fascinated as yeah. we enter into that that phase of friendship <laughs> me too <laughs> i'm i'm curious what it'll bring um well i have a super curious friendship for today mark yes hit me i have the friendship between elizabeth taylor and michael jackson Ooh! wow okay there's a lot to unpack here yeah but it, you know, if you've been, you know, following my favorite friendship, uh, a lot of this stuff lines up with other ones, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, as yeah. although these are two of the biggest stars ever, uh, you know, Michael Jackson, the king of pop, and Elizabeth Taylor, who's one of the most famous movie stars of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, wow. So. I'm assuming our audience would be a little bit less familiar with Elizabeth Taylor because she's a little bit older and her her kind of heyday was before most of us were born. So uh, Elizabeth Taylor, she was born in 1932. She was born in London, England, actually. She's she's British. Oh, uh, but, I didn't know that. Yeah, but moved to the States when she was like nine, so... Hmm. Yeah, I, a lot more American than she was British, but she did become a dame. So she was Dame Elizabeth Rosemond Taylor. Uh, okay, and yes, she, she was born in 1932. But she did her first film. Her first film came out. There's one born every minute in 1942. So she was already a child star, star by the age of ten, 
and then starred in National Velvet, uh, Father of the Bride when she when she was eighteen. So you know, it wasn't mm. she wasn't like complete child bride, but very young in Father of the Bride. Yeah, and uh, then she was in A Place in the Sun in 1951. She was. She started doing epic dramas after that with Giant, uh, Tennessee Williams, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Suddenly, last summer, mm-hmm. she won a Golden Globe for for that one. Uh, she was a call girl in Butterfield 8. I think she won a Academy Award for Best Actress in that one. She was Cleopatra in the film Cleopatra. She was in Taming of the Shrew. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, The Sandpiper? So many, so many classic films and then she also was uh, a, an advocate for AIDS research in the 80s and 90s oh wow and did did a lot That's of work great. with that and uh, also in the 90s and some of the 80s and even the 2000s she was famous for her jewelry brands and perfume Elizabeth Taylor mm-hmm. I think a passion I remember and white diamonds Ooh. were her were her perfumes <laughs> nice and uh, they always had like wacky commercials for for them i remember they were really over the top and uh as most perfume commercials are i don't think you can do a normal it's a perfume you got to make it weird yeah you're selling a smell yeah and uh michael jackson gosh if you're not familiar with michael jackson you probably should be he's the king of pop uh you know he's one of the most successful uh, and significant cultural figures of the 20th century. Um, his dance, The Moonwalk, is one of the most famous dance ever. He also helped popularize the robot. Uh, um, he was started in, as a child star also, but as a music star with his brothers in the Jackson 5. And then uh, after having so many hits with the Jackson 5... He went on his own and had solo albums like Off the Wall and uh, uh, Thriller and Bad and Dangerous. There's so many great records that Michael Jackson made. And uh, yeah, so two of the most famous people ever. How did they meet? I feel like that's the first question. And it Uh, like, like some of our other famous friendships it was a little bit of a courtship or actually i would say it was almost definitely a courtship michael jackson courted elizabeth taylor he wanted to meet her so badly and as michael's star was rising to the point where you know he was a mega star in the early 80s liz taylor's star was falling at that time and she was struggling with addiction to prescription pills I believe she checked. She was in the Betty Ford Clinic for a little bit, uh, quite mm-hmm. famously, at that time. But that did not deter Michael Jackson from wanting to meet her so badly. So he would write her letters. He would send her gifts. Just do anything to get her to come and meet him or, or see him at a concert. And so she agreed and saw him at a concert in 1984. And... Mm. Wherever she was sitting, she didn't like her view or how things sounded. And so she left. She did not stay for the whole show. And Michael was so upset, 
he called her crying and was just oh my God. so distraught. And she agreed to meet with him. And after, you know, apologizing and whatever, because God, you know, who knows where she was sitting and whatever happened. But yeah. she, she didn't like it. And Michael, when they met in person, the two bonded almost instantly. They Since, both probably had very somewhat traumatic childhoods in the spotlight. Both. I mean, Michael Jackson, very famously so. Yeah, and Elizabeth Taylor, also very traumatic childhood. She said she just had to grow up so fast. And her friendship with Michael was really the two of them doing all of the things that they always wanted to do in their childhood but never could. And so they would oh. often have sleepovers together, watching Disney films, hanging out, cuddling, uh, uh, having ice cream and candy, uh, doing kid stuff, basically. Um, he I mean, had, he had sounds pe- like what Michael Jackson did with a lot of his friends. Yeah. Um, somewhat controversially, and uh, I think, you know, potentially very badly. Um, no, getting there. It's very getting- hard to know. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll get there because because uh, yeah, yeah the, she becomes involved in this. Um, famously, also Michael had a chimpanzee, a pet chimpanzee named Bubbles, and yeah. Bubbles would hang with them, and they would have tea parties together. Uh, Liz Taylor actually bought Michael a pet elephant. Whoa! Yeah, she is also the you one. Could just just buy those. Uh, well, when you're Elizabeth Taylor. You can. And, yeah. uh, and also, he had the Neverland Ranch, which had quite a bit of room. Uh, but still, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's, a, it's one elephant just by itself. It's got to be weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, but she, Liz Taylor actually convinced Michael to buy the Neverland Ranch. Oh, really? Yeah, he was living with his family until 1987. Wow. Would you believe that? So wait, he was so when he was like a huge international arena show selling out guy. He was just living with his family. Yes, with Joe and Catherine, which is nuts because Joe is, uh, you know, they have a a very complicated relationship. Famously it's, abusive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to say it without. Yeah, yeah, famously abusive. But I guess maybe that's that's also part of the abuse is like making people think that they need you. So Michael became so obsessed with Elizabeth Taylor that Catherine Jackson or I believe Janet Jackson was the one who ended up paying for it. But the Jacksons all went into therapy because of Michael going in, uh, into this relationship with Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, weird. Because, like, Michael's parent, I guess because Michael preferred to spend time with Elizabeth Taylor over anybody, everybody else, mm-hmm. that um, Michael's parents and siblings were just so offended that... Uh, that he was not interested in them. So Janet Jackson 
ended up paying for therapy for the whole family so that they could figure out how to process Michael uh, having a much more intimate relationship with Elizabeth Taylor than they had with him anymore. Uh, Michael was raised Jehovah's Witness, and Liz Taylor convinced him to step away from that. Elizabeth Taylor helped Michael Jackson celebrate his first Christmas in 1993. Yeah. Because Jehovah's Witness do not celebrate holidays. Mm -hmm. And so she gave Michael his first ever Christmas with a Christmas tree and decorations and all those things. You know, for somebody who's so obsessed with childhood and things like that. Oh, boy, buddy. (laughs) Um, There's video. There's some video of Michael's first Christmas. And you can you can see it on YouTube and you see him opening the gifts and it's it's really like a little kid. It's it's wild <laughs> to see. Mm-hmm. His his joy is radiating and he clearly loves Elizabeth Taylor like a mother. It is wow. Yeah. So much like that. And, you know, Diana Ross, who uh, really helped the Jackson 5 when they, were, when they were kids. You know, Diana Ross stayed close with them and was kind of like an older sister. Not quite a mother figure, but like an older sister to them. Yeah. Michael Jackson bailed on dinner plans with Diana Ross to hang out with Liz Taylor instead. So wow. this this person who like set him up as a kid was everything for him. It was he 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 ended up uh, uh, bailing on Diana Ross to hang out with Liz Taylor. <laughs> wow. And yeah, so everyone in Michael's life was kind of hurt by his obsession with her Mm -hmm. there are some friends that even think that michael tried to get plastic surgery to look more like elizabeth taylor oh weird that's but also you know there's a lot going on in michael jackson's head yeah it's hard to say the the sources for for that for that come from uh this this fellow's biography, and it's a joint biography called Elizabeth and Michael by Donald Bogle. And mm. it's the queen of Hollywood and the king of pop, a love story. But <laughs> it's certainly not a traditional love story in any way. Nope. <laughs> like yeah. my, when, when Michael married Lisa Marie Presley, he did not tell mm-hmm. Elizabeth Taylor about any of that stuff. Oh. He waited until after they were married to call her. And allegedly, Elizabeth Taylor was very upset. And yeah. Michael also never introduced Elizabeth Taylor to Debbie Rowe, who's the woman who carried his children. Mhm. Wow. He he felt that uh if she wanted to meet Debbie, she could introduce herself to Debbie. And okay. Elizabeth was dismissive of 
of it all until the children were born. And then Elizabeth loved the kids and was like, I'm whatever it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Debbie Rowe said that she called Elizabeth Taylor's office and even left her address to just, you know, so they could be in contact. But in return, she received a signed photograph from Elizabeth thanking her for being such a supportive fan. Whoa. What a power move. Yeah. Let's uh, backtrack a little bit. We go to 1987. Michael Jackson buys the Neverland Ranch in Los Olivos, California. 26-acre ranch for $17 million dollars. In 1987, wow, that's a pretty good deal. I know, right? Well, then he had to. Then he built the the roller coaster, the uh, mansion, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he had the money, but yeah, still, yeah, they would. Her, Elizabeth Taylor, and and Michael Jackson would would hang out uh, for like in. Like intense hangouts because his touring schedule in the eighties was crazy. You know, he was such a yeah huge star. Uh, her wedding actually in nineteen ninety one to her seventh husband and last husband uh, mm-hmm. was at Michael Jackson's ranch, and oh wow, Michael paid for the whole wedding, which allegedly cost one and a half million dollars. That's crazy. Also, it's crazy because the venue was uh, free. So yeah. It's a lot of, that's one of the, usually one of the most expensive parts. Yeah. But uh, then Elizabeth, as thank you, gifted him the elephant named Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Michael still responded with a gift anyway, which was a wall-sized tapestry of her face. like both of them you know you can see their love languages gifts and and quality time you know they're Mm -hmm. they're really Mm -hmm. you know you can see this is what matters to them and michael also if he ever really wanted to get liz taylor to do anything knew that he needed to just give her diamonds and if he gave her diamonds she would always show up i mean that's That'll do it. It's a pretty expensive friend, but if you've got the money, then hey. Yeah, they... they, Liz Taylor always said their relationship was the most giving and pure love I've ever known. I, I don't think anyone knew how much we loved each other. When Michael was accused of child abuse in 1993 and in 2005... Elizabeth Taylor was one of the loudest, if not the loudest, voice of Michael's defense. Hmm. Both times. She testified yeah. under oath. Uh, she even flew to Singapore when he was arrested in 2003 and uh, for, for like dangling his baby. Do you remember that? No. What? There was a, a he moment. Dangle the baby? Yeah. He, uh, there, the, like the press were were taking a bunch of photos of him, and then he held his baby, uh, just like kind of over the balcony, 
but it made yeah. it it didn't look good, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so then he was arrested <laughs> yeah. because of all of this. I, I, should he have been arrested for this? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is I think I think people were looking for something for him for that. But uh, yeah, the other stuff with, with the kids so hard to say. We don't know. We really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I, I yeah. just don't know. There is. For as many people that are saying thing, that he did these things, there's just as many saying he did not. And I I just... For me, I, I couldn't... I have no idea, Mark. I, I yeah. can't tell what's true. Um, and I also think it's it's very clear that, like, he was very traumatized in the in his own relationship with childhood... You know, as I mean, as this even this story with someone who's much older is evidence of, and it's one of those things where obviously, you know, I hope it was not the case, but whatever happened, everybody needed help in that scenario. Yeah, it's not an excuse, but it's just, um, it's it's clear that he was a victim in a different way as well. Um, I, I'm. It's Liz Taylor just absolutely adored Michael Jackson so much. She only did one interview on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or any mm-hmm. Jay Leno, Steve Allen, whoever you want. She only appeared once, and Michael Jackson was one of the biggest things that she talked about. And she she just described her relationship with him what it's like to spend time with him. Uh, you know, she said, here, here's a couple of quotes. Michael Jackson said, Elizabeth Taylor and I, we're like brother and sister, mother and son, lovers. It's a potpourri. It's something very special. Elizabeth Taylor is a warm, cuddly blanket that I love to snuggle up and cover myself with. I can confide in her <laughs> and trust her. Uh uh, Elizabeth Taylor said, I love you. It's obvious why I love you. I think you're one of the finest people that has hit this planet. I'm not sure where you are from. I think maybe Mars and angels came down, invaded your body. The way it moves, I don't know. <laughs> wow. These are some ringing endorsements. Yeah, they they adore each other. She said, I, I know some of the pain Michael goes through. I've been there. It takes, I think, a fellow sufferer, a fellow survivor to understand. He is honesty personified. And he is so giving that at times there is very little to protect that beautiful inner core that is his essence. Mm. There's... There's just so many things that I could read of the two of them just gushing about one another. And when uh, Elizabeth's fourth husband, Richard Burton, died, Mm -hmm. she made plans Uh, to be... Oh, yeah, I don't know what number, but yes. (laughs) She made plans to be buried next to him in Switzerland. But... Michael actually died before Elizabeth Taylor. Michael was uh, 26 years younger than Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Taylor. He was born in 1958. She was born in 1932. 
But Michael mm-hmm. died before Elizabeth Taylor. He died in 2009. And his funeral was actually the last public appearance that Elizabeth Taylor made before her death. Oh, wow. Uh, she died in 2011, two years after. And although she made plans to originally be buried uh, next to Richard Burton, she changed her mind and is buried near Michael in the Great Mausoleum in Forest Lawn Memorial Cemetery right by Warner Brothers Studios. Oh, wow. In Glendale. Yeah, yeah. So now they can be friends forever. Yeah. In, uh, you know, in wherever... Wherever you go. I mean, I guess they could have been that regardless of where their bodies are. But the bodies being there is a nice symbol. Yeah. But yeah, they... uh, Yeah, that's... What a story. Yeah. They're... And... they're, They're both so odd. But... They were made that way, I think, a lot by us. Yeah. And... And their families, obviously. Um, yeah, and but an industry happy to exploit them. Yeah, the industry and public happy to exploit them and and consume mm-hmm. them and kind of treat them as a commodity instead of a human being. Um, I I can see how they bonded and how they understood one another. Uh, you know, we we have a lot of friendships that we covered that are, you know, kind of that start through some sort of trauma bonding. Trauma mm-hmm. bonding, it's you know, yeah. it's it's or a great way to make friends if you have shared yeah. something. You know, we we we've talked about how it, a lot of the closest friendships you make are the ones with people who are going through you know the struggle of uh, you know trying to make it in your industry together or things like that. So people you share a struggle with are usually the closest bonds that you have. And as we saw with the friendship of Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell, who who bonded over losing their mothers at young ages, uh, Michael Jackson and Liz Taylor bonded over losing their childhood at a young yeah. age. And yeah. I, I I can see where where it worked, and you can see how it was, you know, it started out as. You know, Michael, you know, kind of needed something from her. It was not really a friendship of pleasure. It was more, if we're going into the Aristotle uh, definitions yeah. of friendship, you know, it, was, it wasn't really a friendship of pleasure. It was more of a friendship of, you know, it was kind of transactional in nature. He needed something from her. Yeah. And it's interesting that he identified that she was a person that he... He, you know, he was very clear in courting her. Like, I, he's like, something about her is like someone I need to meet. Yeah. And it's interesting that he can see that. And it's, that he was so right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, I'm glad that they found one another. But I think it's also so fascinating as to how their closeness, you know, it, it it ruptured his relationship with his family. And mm-hmm. it clearly disrupted his faith. Liz Taylor, I, I, I don't... 
I forget what denomination of Christianity she was born into, but she converted to Judaism later in life. Mm-hmm. But even though converting to Judaism, you know, she also gave Michael Jackson his first Christmas in 93. So, you know, yeah. how serious was she about all the faith stuff? I think she was more about the fun. Yeah, it seemed like the thing she cared most about was her friend. Yeah. And I, you know, is it such a bad thing to get out of your mom and dad's house when you're a legendary rock star? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have been living old. there in 1986. Is that so bad? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I, I um, understand so, some of this on the surface. You might be like, well, what's with the, you know, why is he with bubbles? And what's with the, all these, you know, it's like, man, he was living with his parents until oh, I said he was, 39. I meant 29. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was almost, he was late 20s when he finally yeah. moved out of the house. And, you know, it's about time <laughs> at mm-hmm. that point, you know? Yeah, I mean, it happens, you know, when you're, like, living in your parents' basement because you don't have a job. But he was very employed. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems like they both they both clearly got a lot out of it. And for a friendship, that's, you know, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. It meant so much to both of them. And that's the biggest thing you take away. Yeah. And although, you know, I'm sad it caused some some troubles with Michael's family, but you know, I, I don't know. It seemed it seemed like this this friendship is the best possible thing that could have happened to either of them. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, that seems very clear. And the way that they, you know, some everyone's different and they chose this became probably their most important relationship above their significant others above their families and and that happens yeah i would i I would say that mark i really think so and and so that's what drew me to this friendship above all others because of course michael jackson had some other friends and i'm i might explore some of those because i am so fascinated by him and his friendships yeah Yeah. Uh, please because a lot of them, you know, not not too dissimilar. Like when when he liked to hang out, he did like to do kid stuff. He liked to ride roller coasters yeah. and watch cartoons and whatever. Like, well, I'd, and I'd be curious about the Diana Ross stuff. Like, yeah, and and how that compares to some of these other things. But yeah, I was talking to you before we recorded this, and I was saying to you, you know, how I think how I was thinking about Michael Jordan and how. I don't think I'd get along with Michael Jordan. I don't think Michael Jordan likes me or any of the things that I would like. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, I bet you I'd get along great with Michael Jackson. I bet you, yeah. like, we, we could hang. What, and I I don't have the, the trauma that, that he had childhood-wise, but I certainly, you know, man, I could totally hang out and watch Disney movies and eat candy. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do sleepovers. Yeah, sounds man. Great. Like that sounds awesome. Like I don't necessarily need to hold hands and be be his blanket like like Liz Taylor was, but like, dude, if you want to hang out and you know watch Disney movies and eat candy, I'm so there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> hmm. Well, if you wanted to find somebody 
to hang out with and eat candy and watch Disney movies, but you were located elsewhere in the world, uh, where would your best chances of finding that person be, Brian? Oh, man. Well, you should definitely look for your friends in Los Angeles, California, because they have been listening to my favorite friendship a bunch recently. So, shout out to our friends in Los Angeles, California. But if you're not in L.A., you should definitely go to the Twin Cities in Minnesota, Minneapolis and St. Paul. They love my favorite friendship over there, and we love them. And also, maybe you want to go to the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, and listen to my favorite friendship and meet some friends over there, bond over some Coors beer, and the great culinary scene in Denver, that's burgeoning over there. Or or you could visit our friends down in Phoenix, Arizona, which I haven't been to in over a decade. I don't even know what's there right now besides the suns. <laughs> well, the, the sun, literally, it's very hot. Well, yes. Oh, I mean the NBA team, the Phoenix Suns. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Or, yeah. or you should check out our friends near... Uh, University of Iowa, actually. <laughs> nice. had, Iowa City? Yeah, out in Iowa City. They've We're been listening to us. <laughs> How about that? Or go to Chicago, Illinois, our, our home city uh, back before we moved to L.A. There's a bunch of folks listening in Chicago or out in Portland, Oregon. Don't don't forget to visit Portland. What a great city. Or, or you can check out our friends in Austin, Texas. Or if you're in Can- in Canada, go to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. What a great place. Or if in Europe, most friends, Utrecht. Gotta love Utrecht. Yeah, Utrecht. Friendliest well, place in all are. of Europe. <laughs> well, wherever you are, if you want to reach this podcast, you can find us at My Favorite Friendship on all platforms, except for Twitter, which has a character limit, so we're at My Fav Friendship. And you can find Brian Wool and me, Mark Musinski, on all platforms at Brian Wool and at Mark Musinski, spelled like they sound, and linked below if the sound is confusing, uh, which it is, at least in my name. Uh, so, uh, is there anything else, Brian, before we take off for the week? Uh, that's it. Have a great week, everybody. I hope I hope you stay safe and meet friends. I hope you're having some fun. Reach out to us. It's always good to hear. Yeah, have a great week and stay friendly, everyone. Bye. Bye.